Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today we have an awesome article that Patricia has read. Um, So you're on this week, Patricia. Um, (laughs) So before we uh, see a little bit about how our week has been going, um, can you tell us just a couple highlights from what you're going to be talking about? Yeah, so... The study that I'm going to talk about is actually a meta-analysis. So we've talked about those before. It's kind of those roll-up studies where we look across multiple studies to see how things work. And it's all about thriving. So you can imagine that somebody that's thriving is doing really well. We'll talk with that about what that means. But it talks about all the things that impact thriving, so that make employees thrive, and then how that impacts their work and their well-being. So really big, but some big, broad takeaways um, from the study. And I think it's really exciting. It's a, it's a cool, a cool summary of a lot of research that's been going on. Yeah, that is very, very interesting to me. And I even just love the term thriving. Like Mm -hmm. I think of like a really nice, like plant, like a plant wall that's like green and pretty. And you're just like, I'm thriving. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It feels happy. (laughs) I feel like I mean, I feel like that's what people use that word for, right? Like when you think about like, oh, like that kid thrives in that environment, right? Like when kids are growing up and they're like really excelling and they're being creative and all sorts of good things, right? You use that word when you think about like really cool things that are people are doing and are excited about because they're thriving. So yeah, that's very true. It's, it's exciting. I mean, it makes a lot of sense in the workplace too, right? Like people that are thriving are your, are your super happy rock stars. Um, that's true and so we're gonna talk about how to make you thrive too yeah thrive away um (laughs) are you feeling like you're thriving this week hmm that's a good question well it's early in the week that's true so I will say that today felt good so I will say yes so far this week I'm thriving I hope it continues Hmm. um this weekend was a little bit exhausting, so I'm actually pleasantly surprised that my Monday has been thrive-full. I'm making up words now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're thriving so much, you're inventing a new language. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, things are good. Uh, work's been busy, but in a good way. Lots of fun things going on, exciting things. Um Obviously, with worker being two, you know, the retreat coming and all of that, like lots of exciting stuff going on. So there's a lot of exciting things in my workspace, which makes me really happy. Um, yeah. In my life space, maybe a little bit less so, like we're kind of figuring out where we're going to live, if we're going to move or not move, blah, 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 lots of stuff there, um, which is to me, not as exciting. Like if I was buying a house, I would feel more yeah. excited about it. If I'm just going to be renting again, it's not super exciting to me. Right. Um, it's more of like a headache trying to figure it all out. But I mean, but otherwise, from the life perspective, things are good. Like Danny and I are good. Nittany's thriving. Nittany's so thriving. We're good. We're you good. go, girl. You go, <laughs> Nittany. Yeah. Well, right thriving. now she's sleeping, so I don't know how thriving that hey. is, but... <laughs> I think that when you're sleeping, sometimes you can thrive the best. Yeah, well, it's supposed to feel energized as part of being of thriving, and I don't think that her sleep is very en- well. Maybe it's energizing. She's preparing she to thrive. Up. Yeah, yes. exactly. It's it's the prep for the thriving. I feel like um, my phone is thriving when it's charging. It's just like blinking. It's like yes, yes, yes. 
Your phone I think, blinks when it charges? Yeah. That's weird. Like that's I how think you it know. really is time for a new phone. <laughs> Why is it blinking? <laughs> I don't know. Like that. Well, the Mophie blinks. The Mophie blinks when it's charging. Okay. So the case. Yeah. Okay. But like that makes fair. me think it's like living. You know what I mean? So like it's like yeah. technically it's sleeping, but it's like recharging. That's what Nittany's doing. She's like, yes, yes, yes. And okay. then she's going to wake up and be like, I'm ready. And be ready to go. Just running yeah. around. That's running what around she's going like to say. a crazy little cat. <laughs> what did you do this weekend though? What, what, why were you, why are you feeling uh, like your weekend was depleting to you? Uh, well, we were looking at apartments. Oh, okay. So, and I feel like we're just realizing how terrible the market is here. Yeah. It's like we f- see one that has beautiful finishes and it has literally one tiny closet and that's the only storage space in the entire build. Like That's entire so unit. weird for California too. Cause it's like, I mean, around here, I feel like every like all the houses are like so old and people are just like i'm colonial i have like one hat like i don't know like there's like nothing to put nowhere to put anything but i'm surprised the places around there they don't have closets they call them loft style so i think what oh. they i don't know it's annoying it's just basically like we want to put less effort into actually building because it's a new building it's not like a an actual like warehouse that's been turned into an apartment fine i'll i'll give that to you but if you're right. a new building and you're like we're loft style which basically means we're lazy we're not gonna figure out closet <laughs> space we're just gonna give you a big square have fun <laughs> um and that's annoying yeah, yeah. so that was like not fun and then for the same price but it, was, but it was really pretty but for the same price we saw another place that was like super ugly but had tons of storage space and I was like well that's great um, yeah. <laughs> and it had like one wall that was just mirrors in the living room it was weird mm. it was weird that's I was really like, weird I don't want to be constantly no. looking at myself when I'm just I don't like that on the couch and yeah no 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 I feel like it some people nah. It, at some point in time, people must have enjoyed the idea of looking at themselves constantly because I feel like a lot of like houses and apartments have that like where it's just like, look at me. My one friend bought a house um, and like the entire bathroom was like mirrors. Oh, and like every like you could see like when you were in there, like every angle of the bathroom <laughs> was like a mirror. It's like who thinks that they need this? Like why? But, I don't know. It's a yeah, lot. it's like very bizarre. But I feel like yeah. that was like a thing at one point that people were like, like, I don't know if people like in the 80s, like just discovered mirrors for the first time or something. But it <laughs> seems like it seemed like that was a thing for a while. And like some places just like still have it, you know? Yeah, definitely an 80s building. So I think that that's probably accurate. I mean, it. I felt like I was going back in time walking yeah. in this building. I was like, oh, my I don't know where I am. Um, So (laughs) it was just kind of depressing. It was more like, well, this is great. Like nothing is actually a great option in our neighborhood. Like we went to some places outside of our neighborhood and they're beautiful and like spacious and, you know, you get a lot more for your money. Um, Mm -hmm. So pros and cons, we'll figure it out. But that was kind of depressing. And then, uh, but we did go to a Dodger game, which was really fun. fun. So we went to like the... The la- the season, I don't say season finale, but it's not a TV show. <laughs> the season <laughs> last finale of baseball. <laughs> last home game of the season. Um, so that was fun. We had a good time yeah, with that. That is fun. Yeah. What about I you? How are you that's doing? enjoyable. I'm good. Um, yeah. I went to New York for uh, one of my students' 
wedding showers um, and stayed with one of our friends that is also your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. And um, the train ride's like kind of long, but I feel like it doesn't, it's not like as bad as you would think. It was kind of interesting. Like it's four hours, but I had a bunch to do and it just like, went fast like when I got to New York I was like wait the train can't be here I'm not done like I was like (laughs) I was like all confused I'm like hang on I have more stuff I have to get done you can't I can't be in New York already um so I wasn't expecting that so I was like kind of happy about that whole jam yeah I thought that was pretty good so anyway yes that's that but um yeah so everything was pretty pretty chill which was nice. Good. I mean, I think it's better than driving anyways, right? So no matter what, um, being yes. in a train for I agree, so much that many better. hours is so much better. Yeah. So yeah. at least you got stuff done. Like yes. Four hours is not wasted. If you tried to fly, it would take just as much time to deal with airport stuff. Yes. Um, agree. Driving is a pain. So very true. I still think you picked. I picked. You picked the right mode of transportation and it sounds like it it felt like the right one yeah I agree um except for this woman behind me wait can I just tell you this woman sitting behind me (laughs) she was like this like I can't even describe to you like the um pomp that was surrounding this woman like she was just like dressed of it like nines just like was like so extra whatever and her baby's name was punch 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 like a punch in the face or fruit yes. punch? Yes. Which oh. at first I thought that I was hearing her wrong. But no, she was like, like three times people were like looking at her baby because her baby was like really cute. And they were like, what's your baby's name? And she was like, punch. What? And I was like, why is your baby named punch? Please stop. And she was spending like, she was on this long phone conversation about how she was so mad because her husband keeps taking her to France, but she hates France and she likes Spain better. And like, oh. how many times can one person go to France? It's just blah. Like, I mean, it was so like, bad for her. <laughs> I know. I was like, this woman has got to go. I was like, I cannot with her. So I listened <laughs> to her like the whole time. And just like every time someone was like, oh, what's your baby's name? And she was like, punch. I was like, stop it. Stop this. Like, this cannot <laughs> be a thing. Like, your baby cannot be punched. Like, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowing it. Oh, um, that is weird. So she was completely terrible. But anyway, I just needed to share. I needed to get that conversation about punch off my chest because... I actually I, have a really weird one to share too. So you we do? Can do one weird story. This is about yes. a woman and her dog. Okay. So one of the apartments we were looking at, the one that has no storage, um, we were waiting out front for the uh, realtor to come down and let us in. And uh, the there was a couple standing there near us with a puppy and they were clearly also there to see the unit. And so they were just talking to each other, whatever. And then she was like, so after this, you know, I think we should go home. Like we need to put um, him down for a nap before we go to the next place. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> like you have to put your puppy down for a nap? <laughs> and uh, also, mind you, this is like the tiniest puppy. Like it's a really small dog. Like 
I'm sure in the car the puppy would fall asleep or like right. you just hold the puppy and the puppy will and fall asleep. asleep. <laughs> like it's a five pound puppy. Uh, maybe. I was like, you're going to go home to put your puppy down for a nap. It was so weird. That is she amazing. She was treating the, the puppy like a child. And like while I very much see Nittany as one of the family and my a baby. baby. I do not put her down for a nap. I do not actually treat her like a baby because she is not an actual baby. I hope not. If you ever were like, I have to leave to put Nittany down for a nap, I would be like, okay, listen, we're not doing that. Like, yeah, starting today, no, that's not what is occurring. And like, what does she do? Does she like put him in a bed and like tuck him in and then like... If he gets out of bed, be like, no, 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 get back into bed. It's not time. Uh, I, like, no. I just like have this whole like vision of this bizarre nap time. Like, does so he have a weird. bedtime? Like, <laughs> yeah, like that is so just many questions. Super bizarre. Yeah, that is it was, so strange. It was strange. I was like, I've never heard of somebody having a nap time for their dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. That's great. Yeah. So oh. punch and nap time. Punch for and this, this. Maybe it's the same person. She's like, come on, punch. It's time for the puppy's nap again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I could it not. Was weird. It was um, weird. Well, that is wonderful. Well, it sounds like. Um, perhaps even though we're making fun of them, you know, maybe, maybe punch and punch's mom and the nap dog lady, it <laughs> maybe, maybe they're thriving. Who knows? We'd have to yeah. find out more yeah. about what it takes to thrive. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is my segue into your article. article. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yes. So thriving. It is Oh, this article is so good, too. It's very, very detailed on the meta-analysis side. So we'll put a link in our bio or in the show notes, not our bio, but in the show notes. <laughs> and if you want to peruse, you'll get a lot of kind of the meat behind how meta-analyses are done, um, the kinds of statistical methods. It's very, very dense. Mm -hmm. So we're obviously not going to make it dense here, but just so you know, if you're interested in meta-analysis, there's a lot of detail in this article. So yeah. that's kind of cool if somebody's into that. Um, but it is called Thriving at Work, a Meta-Analysis. Probably the simplest academic yeah. I have ever wow. heard in my life. <laughs> we, never hear, we never hear that. No. I think there's too many components to this paper. And that's why they're like, well, we can't, they were like, we whatever. can't list everything. So we're just going to have to make it short. That makes um, sense. Yeah. But it was published in 2019 by Klein, Rudolph, and Zacher and the Journal of Organizational Behavior. So hot off the press, very fresh. And I thought it was super exciting because they talk about thriving in a very broad way and like all the things that make somebody thrive and then all the things that that impacts. So mm -hmm. as you know, a meta-analysis is a study across multiple studies. So they had 73 studies in their sample. So it's like over 20,000 people that were mm -hmm. looked at and they looked at a variety of things to understand how thriving works kind of at a, in a grand scale, which is okay. cool because thriving is very important. Um, and it's very much associated with well-being, which is obviously yes. something that we really care about. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like, what is the definition of thriving? Yes, I can. 
So I would like to know what it means to thrive. (laughs) What does it mean to thrive? So employees who are thriving, they're ones that are experiencing personal growth by feeling energized and alive. And they also have a sense of acquiring and applying knowledge. They really want to learn. So you can kind of think of the two components, right? So thriving employees have vitality, which is one component, which vitality we've talked about many times before, but it's that positive feeling of having a lot of energy, feeling alive, feeling energized, excited. And then the second part of thriving is the learning. So Mm -hmm. it's the feeling that people have when they're acquiring knowledge, they're able to apply their knowledge and their skills. So they're feeling kind of um, like they're able to learn and develop and they get productive. So that is that is thriving. It's those two pieces. Mm. I actually have some example questions too, if you're interested in that. Okay, cool. You know, that would be awesome. I think that's really helpful. I always do too. So if you're trying to measure thriving, so you'll measure both vitality and learning, those two different components. Mm -hmm. To measure vitality, the types of questions you would ask are, at work, I feel alive and vital, which is... Mm. (laughs) Kind of obvious. (laughs) (laughs) And then at work, I have energy and spirit or at work, I feel alert and awake. Hmm. So it's that kind of emotion, energy, all of that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. The second piece, the learning and the types of questions that are asked are around learning. So at work, I find myself learning often. At work, I see myself continually improving. And at work, I'm developing a lot as a person. Mm-hmm. So cool. those are kind of the yeah. The so it's about questions. like yeah, being like energized and active and alert, and also feeling like you're getting better. You're learning new things. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Exactly. Which makes sense, right? Like we talked about thriving as a plant or thriving as a child, and I think those are two very good examples, right? Because mm-hmm. a plant it grows. Um, I don't know about the energy in plants, but sure. Um, And then for kids, right, you talk about kids are thriving in certain environments. It's usually that they're energetic, they're doing stuff, and they're learning, and they're growing, and they're developing. So thriving is all about that. It's about feeling really positive and energized and learning and just continually developing and growing. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. Um, And so what are some of the things that – so it sounds like it would be – really good for you to be in a space and work where you're very alert and alive and feeling energetic and you're also feeling like you're learning new stuff and um it almost feels kind of like uh hyper engagement or something like that that you're like really um feeling kind of uh invigorated by your workspace Mm -hmm. um so I would imagine that it's very good for you what are some of the things that they tested to see if it was good for you in good question so there's actually 26 different things they looked at they looked at things that impact thriving so we'll talk about that in a second but to answer your Mm -hmm. question the outcome so what does it predict so if you're thriving what does that mean well they found that if you're thriving you're gonna feel healthier so you're gonna subjectively say that you are healthier in other words Mm -hmm. you would say that like you know my health is good I feel good you're going to have less burnout Hmm. you're going to be satisfied in your job you're going to be committed to your job you're going to do better in terms of your performance so both like typical tasks being creative and then also um, organizational citizenship behavior so like helping others out going kind of above and beyond so you're doing really well from a perspective of 
your own personal health and well-being. You're doing well in terms of being excited about your job. And then you're also actually performing really well. So a thriving employee is not only a happy employee, but a rock star employee. So you're that you're doing really well in both areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and so they're looking at sort of these positive work outcomes. Did they talk about any kind of like avoidance of negative outcomes or just more like in the positive realm? So they talked about like burnout was one, right? Mm -hmm. So they measured burnout or the other studies that they collected measured burnout. And so that if you were, uh, you know, if you weren't thriving, then you're more likely to burn out. Or if you were thriving, you're less likely to burn out. So burnout is one of the negative ones. Yeah, Um, yeah. They looked at intention to turn over so if somebody's okay. likely to leave but that one wasn't related really very strongly it was not a very strong relationship so I didn't think it was critical to call out because right yeah, right it was it's a negative behavior right like I want to go I want to leave my job and it wasn't very right. strongly related so yeah with uh 26 outcomes <laughs> there's a yeah. lot to get through <laughs> yeah 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 so I think the key takeaways are really just that health wise people were doing better Generally, people were happier in their jobs and were more committed and performing well. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's super exciting. Yeah. That is exciting. What? So because it's a meta-analysis, I'm guessing that there was a large sample. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of what kind of sample did they use or how many studies was it across? Like, um, I find yeah. that that's always like impressive. So it's 73 studies. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, so quite a lot. Um, the sample size, I could find it for you. It's tw- it was like twenty thousand people, like really high. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't remember exactly the the number. I didn't write it down, but yeah, very very large sample. I'm trying to see if I can find it very quickly, but um, doesn't really matter that much. But it was just it was over two thousand twenty thousand people. Wow. Um, and the things that were cool, so thriving, you know does impact these positive things but they also talked about what makes somebody thrive like what are the things that lead to thriving Mm -hmm. um so i think that's really critical too because there's a couple things like key takeaways we can take from this study that i think it's important to remember that a meta-analysis since it's looking across many studies, we have even more confidence in this study, right? So it's not mm-hmm. just, I did this one study and I found this one thing and that's cool. Let's take some takeaways. Now it's, we looked at 73 studies and we found these things. So that's even cooler. So we can really walk yeah. away with confidence around it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So I think from the thriving perspective, obviously it's doing really good things for people that are thriving. But the other thing that's happening is it tells you how you can actually thrive. So from an individual perspective, so if I want to be somebody that thrives and all I can control is myself, um, people that are more positive are more likely to be thriving. People Mm -hmm. that have less stress or remove any stressors from their lives, people that are engaged at work, people with higher self-esteem and people that are more proactive just in general, like to make, you know, changes in their environment. If they don't like something, they're Mm -hmm. more likely to thrive. Another thing is psychological capital which we've talked yeah. about a few times, both on the website and um, and in the podcast, we talked about the four-leaf clover of wellness, that psychological capital, which is hope, optimism, um, self-efficacy. What am I missing? <laughs> um, <was laughs> and uh, resi- resilience. Resilience, yes. yes. Oh my gosh. I was like, I can't remember the fourth one. Um, so psychological capital is something that you can actually develop and, and train 
which can then help you be help you thrive it's hard to be like oh i'm not a positive person suddenly i'm gonna make myself a positive person right right but psychological capital is something you can actually train to which is help awesome. you um develop and become a more thriving employee so this is going to be a a plug but our retreat is really focused on psychological capital so that's really exciting yes, when i read is. this study i was like wait we're going to be training people on psychological capital so now we can tell them we're going to help you thrive like i love yeah that. that's awesome yeah like that's a really i mean i think that that's the reason that people go to if you think about like why people go to take time to take a retreat or go to a workshop is so that you can feel like healthy and active and alive in your workplace and alert and that you can feel like you're learning stuff. I mean, people leave jobs all the time because they just feel like the inertia is gone. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not, they're not feeling energized by it any longer. So, you know, to me, that's awesome if we can impact that through psychological capital and especially because it's a malleable thing. Like you said, like, you know, there are certain people that, you know, some personality traits are inborn. And so you have more to work with as a person. If you're just generally a positive person, it's easier for you to grow some of these more positive ways of thinking. If you're a less positive person, it's harder for you to grow them. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you find, uh, a trainable set of capabilities because they're more like skills um, that's super helpful because it doesn't put you in this like oh this stinks like I'm just never going to look at the world that way that's just not who I am like no this is something that you can actually impact which I think is super cool because it doesn't take that off the table then for people who are less inclined to be positively oriented mm-hmm I totally agree. So that was really exciting because, yes, there are some things you can't control. You can't control how many stressors you have in your life. You can't. I mean, to some extent you can, but not to t completely. Right. right. Um, there's a lot of things you can't control, but psychological capital is one. So if you really want to thrive at work and um, obviously our retreat is a great place, but go back and read our articles, go back and listen to the podcast episode on that and think about ways you could develop your own psychological capital. Um, the other things that impact thriving are around relationships. So mm -hmm. coworkers are important. So having supportive coworkers, having meaningful interactions with them. So they're yeah. purposeful that you're collaborating. And then having a civil work environment with them is very important for thriving. Yeah. Then there's also the leadership side. So having a supportive and empowering leader is important. Um, mm. And also having a good relationship with the with your supervisor or manager. So being able to trust each other, respect each other, and it's kind of back and forth between the two of you. So you respect them, they respect you, and it's very obvious. That is helpful for mm -hmm. thriving. And then the last thing that I thought was really critical was organizational support. So feeling like the company supports you, not just your leaders, not just your coworkers, like individual people, but the company is giving you support. Um, whether yeah. that's in the proper resources or whatever that looks like, maybe different benefits, et cetera. Feeling supported by the overall organization is also helpful for thriving. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So it sounds like a lot of really, really um, important things about how to create thriving is there anything that was more important than the other like in terms of like trying to think about how to um make this stick within organizations and create this culture um or is there some advice that the article gives about like where to start since those are like all really big topic areas you know in terms of <laughs> trying to think about how to address all of this yeah so from 
in terms of like size of impact, the two areas that actually were the most important were the organizational support and the leader member exchange, which is that relationship between mm-hmm. your supervisor or your leader, or your manager, whoever that is. So making sure you have that good relationship that's full of trust, respect, et cetera. Um, so those two things were the most important to have an employee thrive. They had the okay. biggest relationships. So, okay. um, yes. So I think that if an organization or a manager, somebody that's listening, that's really interested in trying to help employees within your company thrive, those are the two things that you should focus on first. So making mm-hmm. sure that leaders are building strong relationships with their, their employees and then making sure the organization as a whole is putting in good support systems. Um, okay. So that would be where I would start. So it's really kind of about relationships in many ways, it sounds Mm -hmm. like, that the organization Mm -hmm. needs to focus on kind of building positive relationships between leaders and between coworkers in order to sort of get the most out of their efforts towards trying to enhance thriving. Would you say that's kind of accurate? Yeah, definitely. A lot of the research has focused there, which is obviously why the meta-analysis did too, and there's a lot of theories Mm -hmm. behind that. relationships are a big component. So there's like the individual side, which are the things we talked about, like psychological capital, um, just generally being more positive, engaged with higher self-esteem, blah, blah, blah. That's one component. And the other side is really that relationship side. Okay. Um, So you're totally right. It has a lot to do with relationships. The more supportive environment, I mean, really comes down to a supportive environment, right? You want supportive coworkers. You want a supportive leader. You want a supportive organization. It's all about building that support system within the organization and creating a positive collaborative environment. I mean, I think it kind of relates to everything else we've talked about on the podcast over and over Mm -hmm. and over again, that these types of things, making this really positive work environment helps so many different areas of wellness and and people doing well at work and thriving is one area that that impacts. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's awesome. And uh, thinking about, you know, just the power of, people in creating that energy and uh, creating that learning and that feeling of getting better. I mean, the good news is that when we think about, you know, excuses that companies might have or that leaders might have for why they can't make a change to make their culture, uh, you know, more lively or more learning oriented or whatever, everybody has people and changing the behaviors that happen between people and the way that people relate to one another is not easy, but it's not expensive. It's not, you're not saying you need a whole new system or you need to invest in something new or you need to, you know, create all these structural changes within the organization. Like that's a, you know, way to get people feeling better is just to change the way that people relate to one another, talk with one another, communicate with one another, like those micro behaviors. And as we know, again, like it's not easy to do, but it's like a lot of times when people have a culture that doesn't support this kind of thriving, I feel like there's like a lot of excuses for like, we don't have resources, or like we can't pay people more, or we can't do it. And like, sometimes it's not about that. It's just about mm-hmm. changing the actual interactions that people have on a daily basis. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just supporting each other. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like if you just think about the, what we talked about, what thriving means, mm-hmm. vitality. So that energized, alert kind of approach and like I feel like if you're around people that you like and you're you know having good relationships you do tend to feel energized most people do right we thrive yeah we thrive (laughs) on on relationships with people 
And then on the other side, the learning, if you have a supportive environment, if you have people that are treating each other nicely and kindly, then you feel like you can learn from each other, right? It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to make a mistake and learn from it. It's okay to collaborate and learn from others in terms of where they, th- when they have the most skills or whatever that looks like. Yeah. So I totally yep. agree. I think that, you know, it's not that complicated. It's, it can be a big change, right? If you don't have a supportive culture, it's a huge undertaking, but it's not expensive, Right. So it's about changing people's habits and changing the way that people interact with each other. And I totally agree. Like it's not, you don't have to pay people, you know, 20% more to make them happy and make them thrive. No, what you need to do is make a culture where people are really excited to be together and support each other and can really learn from each other and feel like they're continually growing. I mean, I feel like I have, I feel like I talk about my team at Infor all the time, but You know, I do think that we build a culture that allows people to thrive because you're allowed to make mistakes and everybody has their own set of skills and we learn from each other and we're really open about that and we support each other in all of our endeavors, both at work, outside of work. It's, you know, it's awesome and it makes for longevity in terms of tenure because people want to stay in that environment and you're continuing to learn. It's not like you mastered your job and then you're done you keep learning from each other and there's lots of you know growth because of how supportive everybody is and how collaborative everybody is right so I think it makes a lot of sense that creating that culture that that um where you're able to work with your leaders and work with your coworkers in very effective ways can help people thrive absolutely absolutely yeah and I mean that's the I think that that's you know the number one thing a reason why people leave jobs is because they don't like the relationships that they have or because they feel like they're not making any progress. They're not uh, feeling engaged or energized by the job any longer. And so, you know, there's nobody, there aren't very many people keeping you there and the environment that you're working in or the job that you're doing just doesn't seem very exciting to you. So you look for other opportunities because you don't have ties to your work or ties to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, many times when people are like, why are people, you know, feel like they're not able to, you know, get what they want out of these jobs or out of this organization? Or why do people feel like, you know, they can't, um, that, you know, they can't, uh, find a reason to stay. Other jobs look more appealing and people think it's these complicated things that they have to invest all this time and energy and money. And it's like, yeah, if, if you just look at what their daily experience look like, looks like and ask people how to make it better, a lot of times it's more, you know, low hanging fruit that you could fix uh, about, you know, what's the pattern of behavior that happens within this organization, how people treat each other, uh, how leaders treat people. That's really driving that feeling of like, okay, when I get into my workplace, I feel alive. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm present, I'm doing things that I find exciting. And, you know, it doesn't have to be about like, what's getting deposited into people's banks like we've talked before fairness and pay is important but like beyond that you're talking about you know what are the more micro level experiences that you're having that's what makes up the job the reality of the job for you so um I think it's a good reminder always that there are these important outcomes linked to stuff that we often overlook when we're trying to solve problems but actually make a big difference Mm -hmm. agreed yeah I think this article is a perfect reminder of that that thriving is not based on pay or level in a company or 
you know, ability to get promoted immediately or any of those types of things that we stereotype as being important to employees that, you know, companies say they can't afford. Um, it's just about making a good environment. So yeah. let's make a good environment out there. You know, any yes. leaders out there, managers, you know, you have some control and some power to do this. If you are an employee, I mean, look at the way you treat your coworkers and start building, you know, support, support them and I'm sure that, that many of them will come back and do the same to you. And maybe you could build the culture from the ground up. But I think there's a lot to be said at just changing the way you treat each other and interacting in a way where you can support, have meaningful interactions, collaborate effectively, be purposeful, trust each other, respect each other. All of that can go a really long way. Yeah. I saw this uh, person talking about, so, um, her name is escaping me. I know her first name is Linda, but um, there's a TED talk that she does about um, rebooting uh, school culture. She's a, a principal and she primarily takes on schools that have been really challenging from a cultural perspective. And um, she's been really successful at turning these schools around. And um, one of the things that I like about her uh, attitude with leaders that she runs across within these schools that have been there for a while and get used to how things are. But I think it can apply to individuals too, is that she says she lets people get out all their complaints about what the organization is like and the culture and all this stuff. And then her motto is, okay, so what now what? That's how it is. What are we going to do about it? So even if you feel like you have limited power, like you're not in charge of the organization, you can't create sh shifts in the overall organizational culture, for example. What is your influence? What is your sphere of control within the organization? Like whose day can you make better? Who has the impact to make your day better? Like if everybody's sitting around all the time talking about how much, you know, the job stinks and you're not thriving, why not try to spend that time brainstorming or at least some of that time brainstorming to think about what can we do to make each other's day better? What can we do to create a better environment, a more supportive environment so that you can kind of create your own like microcosm in the meantime of trying to make it a little bit better for yourself so you do feel like you're able to benefit from some of these, um, you know, or increase your capability for thriving a little bit, even if you're not the person in charge. So I always like to think about that, that people spend a lot of time complaining at work and sometimes that's good to vent, but also it's like, okay, if you're, if you're not feeling that way in your workplace and it is a lot about relationships, what can you do as a coworker group to actually solve that problem? Mm-hmm. And that's great. I mean, yeah, just think about what you have an influence over. What's your sphere? Yeah. And honestly, um, you're mostly impacted by the people that you're around all the time, right? So the people you're working with consistently, your clients and customers, if you have them, the people that you're interacting with the most are going to have the biggest impact mm -hmm. or at least immediate impact, right? Obviously, if your organization never gives you resources and there's no support there in any way, shape right. or form, there, there's a lot of other problems, but you can at least make it somewhat better if you have a good coworker group. And I totally right. agree. You have, you can do something there or at least try to, hopefully, hopefully you have at least a couple people around you that can kind of have your back and you have theirs and you can make a little mini group and then just keep growing it. I mean, people, when they see another team thriving and doing well, thriving, <laughs> thriving, <laughs> keep using that word, um, thrive. They want to do the same. Like I've seen that in companies 
and that I've worked with where there'll be one team that's doing super well, you know, they're performing really well, everyone likes each other, they're super happy. And then when another team from the same company sees that, they're like, well, what are they doing? Why can't we have that? And sometimes they'll blame a leader or whatever. But if that leader, if those employees start wanting to make a change, they can adjust it and they start shifting too. So it's, you know, you could start a revolution from wherever you are by making your team seem so great that everyone wants to learn from your team and get better too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a really good point that um, some of these things are generative and maybe thriving when people see how much your group is thriving, it could catch on. So you can also set a good example for other people by showing how to do that. So, um, well, now I feel (laughs) all motivated to go thrive contagious thriving (laughs) i know thrival contagion it sounds like a virus (laughs) or a nerdy academic term thrive yes that's true (laughs) i feel like that's something that somebody would write in some paper somewhere yeah probably i agree it sounds kind of fancy fancy Um, Well, thank you so much for reading this. I really appreciate it. And I think that this concept is really cool. And it's always good to present articles where there's just a massive amount of data out there like, hey, look, you don't need to try to understand this concept on your own. There's a huge resource here to get at what causes it, what it is and what it predicts. And there are Mm -hmm. good reasons to focus on it. Yeah. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm so glad you liked it, too. Um, and like I said, I was super excited to see some of the findings, especially like psychological capitals that's near and dear to our heart right now. Um, so very, very exciting stuff. We'll obviously have a link in our show notes to the article and other resources. If you need to refresh your memory on psychological capital or some of the other concepts we talked about. Um, and we also love to hear from you. So if you have any questions or thoughts, or you're really excited about this article too, please reach out. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. You can find us on our website at workerbeing.com or you can connect with us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at WorkerBeing. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson.